Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. Amen. And for those that remain, turn with me to the book of Genesis. We're going to have a lesson tonight. To all of our guests that are in the house, welcome home. And we love you already. Can we give our guests a huge round of applause? Thank you so much for being here tonight. Amen, amen. Genesis uh, chapter 3 is where I will begin tonight. Genesis chapter 3 is where I will begin tonight. Genesis 3 and verse 1. Genesis 3 and verse 1. Bible says this, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. You see there in Genesis 3 and verse 1, at the end of that verse, there is the very first question mark in your Bible is the very first time you will see that punctuation there in that place. We will see it again many, many more times. But this is the first time that you will see. You will see this, see this question mark. Genesis 3 and verse 1. Tonight, I'm going to read some more here, but tonight I want to talk about questions. Questions. Amen. Can we pray together? Lord, we love you so much and we're so thankful to be in your house and to be among your people and to feel your presence, to have the opportunity to open your word and to study and to learn and to grow and to mature. And I ask you tonight, Lord, that you would do just that, that you would use the word tonight to help us to grow, to help us to mature, to walk in truth. For we know it is the spirit that leads us into all truths. So we ask you for that tonight, Lord. Let the spirit be in the house and let it lead us tonight. And the church said amen. Amen. And you may be seated. Amen. Thank you for being, thank you for being with us on a Wednesday night Bible study. Amen. My favorite service of the week. Um, for the last uh, several weeks, oh, thank you, Brother Brian. May God bless you real good. Uh, for the for the last several weeks, I've I, I've been trapped in a thought, and. Uh, I won't say I've been, I, 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 that terminology was not very good. Stuck, I've been stuck in a thought. I won't say trapped. Um, because we all have the ability when the Lord lays something on our heart, we all have the ability to walk away from that. He's not going to make us stay in that vein. But for the last several weeks, I've stayed in a common vein. And uh, the common vein has been, I believe and continue to believe, and uh, the world is continuing to show me that my belief is true. Um, that we are in a moment right now in our, in our world where the two greatest attacks of the enemy are, are focused. Uh, that, that there is an, a singular focus of the enemy right now to attack us in two ways. 
And that, that is what is truth, Texas and truth, uh, and, and the deity and uh, the lordship of Jesus Christ. And he attacks us in disunity and division. These two attacks are directly connected to the two greatest commandments. There's, the enemy, he, he, he's really not like us in a lot of ways, is that he's, he's militarized. Um, and, and what I mean by that is the devil's not dumb, and he's, he's fighting us on, on many levels, but greatly in principalities, powers, rulers of darkness in high places. Uh, and we know this um, from the word of God. And the book of Ephesians is very clear that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, that my fight is not against you, your fight is not against me, but we wrestle against the spirits. And that, that same chapter in Ephesians <clears throat> is very clear to us that we should take on the whole armor of God. Why? To withstand the wiles of the devil. And so there is a devil. You should have an armor because there, you, you have an enemy. And uh, he, he seeketh whom he may devour. And he is looking whom he may sift as wheat. And his, his focused attack is directly connected to the two great commandments. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy might. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Because the one is just as strong as the other. So here I am again tonight. Dr driving this nail into the coffin. Kicking this dead horse again. And I think I still got some mileage out of it. Um, because I believe that these are the two greatest things that we can work on as a church. Is what is truth and who is my neighbor. That, that if we could get these two things worked out, that everything else falls into place. This is, what, this is what the Bible says. Is that the entire law hangs on these two commandments. That everything else is, is designed for this. That, that everything else is like. Like, all the other commandments are wrapped up in this because if I love God, I won't have another God before me. If, if I love God, I won't uh, worship graven images. If I love God, I will not allow money, success, power, position, politics to cloud my judgment of what I serve if I love God. If I love you, I won't steal from you. If I love you, I won't kill you. If I love you, I won't touch your lawnmower. Right? If I love you, I, I won't cheat you. If I love you, I won't lie on you. Right? So all, all these other things work themselves out if we follow these two commandments. Love God, love your neighbor, which I believe is the specific design of the enemy in this season because there's no truth anymore. No one knows truth. If you think you know truth, then you must be, uh, you know, uh, a, a fascist, a, a bigot, or a racist if you think you know truth. And you say, well, this is that. And they say, oh, no, 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 you can't say that. You can't say that there's, you know, absolute truths. We, we all want to live in the gray area where you can just choose what you want to do, how you want to do, who you want to be, when you want to do it. If it feels good, do it. That's our, that's our common concept of, of, of living this life. If it feels good to you, and, you know, I've heard this a lot over the last 10 years, you, you live your truth. Anybody heard that in the last 10 years? 15 years maybe, hey, you know what, you live your truth. And that's, man, that, that feels good in our cultural perspective, but in a biblical perspective, that's super dangerous. Right. 
right? Because that's a heaven or hell issue, right? It's not, it, it's not really about denomination or debate or religion necessarily. That's like, that's a heaven or hell issue. What is truth? What, what is not truth? And so, like, we, we, we need the word of God. We need the word of God in our lives to guide us. Like, it is oil in the car. It is gas in the engine. It is, it is, it is, it is sunlight to plants. It is, it is, it is, it is water to our bodies. It is, the Bible calls it the bread of life. The bread of life. Listen, this is how important it is. That the Bible says that man shall not even live by bread alone. Like common bread, wheat from the ground, sustenance. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, you can't even have good physical life if you don't know the word of God. And not just I know the word of God, but I, like, it's in me. I'm in it too. Like, I'm in the word and the word's in me. It's like, I've spent so much time in the word, you don't know where I stop and it starts. Because I, I live my life by it. You know, I, I walk in truth by it. And, and, and the word directs me. And, and it guides me. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against the Lord. Like the word keeps me from sinning. Because when I, when I want to do what I want to do, the word reminds me that's not okay. You can't, you can't do that. that you know, it, it may feel good. But, but, but that's a perverted excitement. You know, I, I, I noticed this. Watch with me. This first question in Genesis chapter 3 ends with a question mark. What is a question mark? It's a crooked exclamation point. Sin, sin is perverted excitement. And, and we, we, we have, because it feels good, it must be right. You know? I'm a Motown fan. Motown was real good about this. If loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. Now, I know y'all all been saved your whole life. You don't know nothing about that. <laughs> Me and Mrs. Jones, we got a thing going on. Listen, we both know that is wrong, but it's way too strong to let go now. For real? That's what we're singing. You know, like, sin is perverted excitement. It feels good, so I'm going to do it. But the, but the word, the word is what captivates you. And say, so, ah, when, I, when I would do evil, the, the, the word is present. And, and, and the word doesn't necessarily stop me. It just reminds me. Right. I just need a reminder. You know, it, like the word doesn't get in my way. The, the, the word just gets the, the red light flashing. Hey, stop. Don't, don't do that. Don't touch that. Don't go there. Don't, don't think that. Because this, this is not right. And if you don't have the word in you, then you just do what you want to do. And so, as I've been talking about this, this attack on on these two principles and, and trying to get us to see. I've talked about Jesus. I've talked about the truth. I've talked about salvation. I've talked about all these things. But, but I want to bring you all the way back to the, what we consider the beginning of the world, the beginning of the Bible. Now, 
we can just have a long discussion about when did the world begin, how much time is between Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. We could have all that kind of discussion. But let's just for the sake of argument tonight, this is the beginning of time to our perspective and concept. God only showed Moses this. That could have been a million years before this. But when God hid Moses in the cliff of the rock and he showed Moses his hinder parts, Moses wrote Genesis. Okay, this is, the, this, this is the first book of the Torah. Moses wrote this from what he saw in the vision. So God could have a whole lot more that he didn't show Moses. But for what we understand, this is what we got today. This is the beginning of time. So from the beginning of time, Satan has been questioning God's word. This is not a 2021 attack. This is not an American attack. This is not, this is not a Pentecostal attack, Baptist attack, Presbyterian attack, Catholic attack. This is, a, this is a word of God attack. From the very beginning, the first question in the Bible was raised by the enemy. His first question was, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Did God really say that? Is that what God said? Did God say that you can't have any of these trees? Watch it. Watch what he says. He says, yea, hath God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? He said, didn't God say? He, he's, he's perverting what God actually said. God said of every tree of the garden you can have except one. When he comes around with the question, He's turning God's word to make it sound worse than it is. Got to be careful when the culture in our world says, oh, we believe in the Bible, but didn't it say this? Doesn't it say that? Well, well, what about this scripture? What about that? I'm always leery of people who only know 10 scriptures. And those 10 scriptures are the talking points for what is wrong with the church or what is wrong with what we believe? Like, do you know anything else besides those 10? Or did you memorize those off YouTube last night so you could come debate me, which the Bible says don't do anyway? Just, they, know, they know just enough to be dangerous. And they come with their little scriptures and they say, well, the Bible said this. And the Bible said that. And like, well, it did say that, but it also said this in the next scripture. And, and put, it in, put it in in context, if we put it in context, and, and we, we just don't read text, but we also read context, you're going to see very clearly that that's not what that means. He wasn't talking about that. And we, listen, we've all done it, and, and there's, there's innocent, you know, things, like, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. That's not in the Bible. That scripture's not in the Bible. And we all believe it is. They're like, yes, it is. No, it's not there. He's not there. He say, you know, give and it shall be given unto you. Press down and shake them together. One shall men give unto your bosom. So if you give money, God will give you money. That's not what it's talking about. <laughs> at, at all. The money, financial money is not in that chapter at all. He's talking about grace. He said that you would give grace. And if you would give grace, grace will be given back to you. He said it. It shall be given. What, what was it? The verse before. Grace. Mercy. Love, kindness, 
extending it. He said, if you'll extend it, but, but we know preachers take it now and flip it and got you giving all the money out your pocket when the Lord was talking about grace to begin with. But here's what happened. God will honor you right in the face of, you know, an ignorant preacher. He will. Because God, God honors his principles. God honors his word. And God honors faith. And people have taken the scripture and they've twisted it in such a way that, that makes God look bad. And you say, well, you're, you're giving me a slice and you're calling it the loaf and that's a lie. 99.9% truth is 100% lie. It's either all or nothing. If you believe one scripture, you got to believe them all. Because people, they, they, they dig on that. Well, you got to love your neighbor like you loved yourself. Which, which what they're saying is, be okay with me. But then when you say, well, love God, above all, have no other gods before thee, nothing else but him. It's like, well, you know, I might, I might could slip around, do this, slip around, do that. Or I, I believe this or I believe that. This is, this is the enemy's plan was to get questions involved. Do, did God say that? The woman says in Genesis 3 and 2, he says, And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And, and the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. God don't know what he's talking about. He, he's wrong. I'm right. He, he always comes at an angle and then comes straight for you. That's wrong. You don't, don't believe that mess. Don't believe that. That's not what God said. God didn't say that. God, God, God is so kind. God is so loving. God is so caring. He could never send anyone to hell. That's not going to happen. And then, and then you read Matthew 7, 21. And many shall say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, cast out demons in thy name, and did many wonderful works in thy name? Then I will say unto them, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. That's red letter. That's red letter. That means Jesus was saying that. So Jesus was saying that on the last day, judgment day, there will be people that I turn away and shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's, that's, just one, that's just one place. You can go all the way back to Mark 16 where he said, those that believe and are baptized shall be saved. Those that believe not shall be damned. Now, I mean, he didn't say that they're going to bust hell wide open. But, I mean, I don't know what he meant by damned, but it don't sound good. <laughs> I don't want nothing to do with it. Sounds bad. I don't want that in my life. Right? Just sounds awful. Now, that, that, that's also red letter. That means that Jesus said, not, not, not my denomination, not my belief system, you know, not, not my movement. Like, that's what Jesus Christ said. But people will make you believe, man, it's okay. Just do what you want to do. Live how you want to live. God, God's going to, you know, all dogs go to heaven. Listen, some of y'all don't remember VHS tapes. 
But if you're in the house and you remember VHS and you watch the movie All Dogs Go to Heaven, raise your hand. Did anybody in the house raise their hand? Okay, look. So we have enough people in the house. So let me just let me just point this out. This is a, this is a traumatic experience in my life. <laughs> Listen, because you're reading the thing, All Dogs Go to Heaven. Somebody say all. That's Greek for all. Okay, all dogs go to heaven. The last scene of that movie is a dog being pulled down to hell by demons. The bad dog, there's a bad dog in that movie. He's a bad dog. And the bad dog in that movie, at the end of the movie, the ground opens up and demons come out and grab this dog and pull him to the pit. Listen, all dogs do not go to heaven. I know of at least one, I know of at least one that didn't go. They need to change the name of that movie to Most Dogs Go to Heaven. Or Some Dogs Go to Heaven. But all ain't going because all means all. And that dude on the end, he didn't go. I think a lot of people are going to be surprised at that one day. That they will stand before a white throne judgment and God will say, is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? And there is a confused portion of this world that believes that they're good, they're okay, they're fine. And that's because the enemy has taken the word, twisted the word to get to a point where he can say, ye shall not surely die. That's silly talk. For God, watch verse 5. 3 verse 5, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, when your eyes, then your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be as gods. Now be careful. There's a lot of stuff going on right, right now in religion. There's a lot of people preaching right now in religion. Just turn on, just watch. Watch a few shows from some big churches. And, and I don't really call them sermons, just shows. Watch some shows, from, watch some soap operas from some big churches. Some big, there's some big name people right now. And there's a common thread amongst all those big-name people. Here's the common thread. We are gods. I am God. That's scary to me because this is what Satan promised Eve. You'll be like God. And not, not you shall be as gods. That, 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 that if you can twist the word enough, you, you'll be God. And so that when, when I hear people say stuff like that, like, come on, you, you know you're a God. I'm a God. The Bible tells me that my righteousness is filthy rags. <laughs> that, that the only way, the only way that I can even have an audience is if I speak in the name of Jesus, pray in the name of Jesus, baptize in the name of Jesus, because he is my advocate with the Father. I have an accuser of the brethren and an advocate with the Father. And if I don't have an advocate, I can't even talk to the guy. That's why he said, everything you do, do it in my name. Put a stamp on it because you can't even talk. You can't even have this conversation unless my blood is applied to it. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, it was pleasant, verse 6, and to the eyes a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit of thereof. Watch this. Here's what she saw. She saw it was good for food. going to fill my belly. going to fill my belly. It was pleasant to the eyes. It's going gonna, it's gonna to fulfill my conscience. And it's a tree to be desired to make one wise. You see? We have all three parts of the human being right there. Body, soul, mind. She said, this, is gonna, this, is gonna, this, this will fulfill me. This tree will complete me. 
It'll fill my belly. It'll fill my eyes. It'll fill my mind. It'll fill my physical body. It'll purge my conscience. And it'll save my soul. This tree's good. She took the fruit thereof and ate it and gave also to her husband which is with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked. Skin and sin are very closely connected because they didn't have a preacher. They didn't have a magazine. They didn't have a YouTube video. They didn't have a church. They didn't have a choir. They have nothing. But as soon as they ate the fruit, they knew we should not be naked like this in public. No radio show. No book, no Bible. They had no Bible. They ate the fruit. Girl, you naked. First thing that happened. And what they do? They went and got some fig leaves, covered themselves up. Ooh, this is. Now, if y'all the only two in the garden and y'all husband and wife, who cares? They just knew this ain't right. We, we, this, this ain't right. We shouldn't be doing this. They knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. That's what they did. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God. They heard the voice, the voice. Somebody say the voice, the word. They heard the word of God walking through. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. John 1 and 1. They heard the word walking through. And the word convicted them and they went and hid themselves. Because the word convicted them and they knew they shouldn't be like this. And they went and hid themselves among the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, where are you at? Where art thou? Now, God of all creation doesn't play hide and go seek with people. And he knew exactly where Adam was. It really wasn't for God's benefit. It was for Adam's benefit. Adam, do you know where you are? Adam, why are you hiding? Adam, what's going on? Talk to me. See, the word of God, the voice of God. Somebody say the voice of God. They heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden. The voice walking. The voice walking. Not the body of God. They heard the voice walking. Somebody say the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word what? They heard the word. The word was rustling the leaves. The word was coming through the garden. And the word made them hide. And the word said, where are you? The word made them go hide themselves. And the word said, where are you at? See, that's why some of us are scared to open the Bible. Because we open the Bible and the Bible says, where are you at though? Where, where are you at? Where, where are you? The Bible reveals location. You say, Lord, I'm, I'm hiding. Why are you hiding? Uh, I, I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And the voice, I heard the voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you you was naked? There's two questions. God asked two questions. Where are you at and who told you? How do you know? Who told you? You see, the word of God will bring re revelation to us and, and makes us realize where we are and why we're there. How did I get here? Who did this to me? Who told you you was naked? Who, who told him? The devil didn't tell him. Who told him? His own conscience told him he was naked, and they knew they were naked. His own, who told you he was naked? The enemy never told him he was naked. He knew it. Listen. Man, if I, I wish I could preach for about three more hours, but I can't. You know what you did wrong. 
This is why as a pastor, I don't get up here and harp on different things. I don't get up here and try to point out people's sin and make people feel belittled and try to, you did this and you did that. That's silly talk. I'm not trying to pastor a church like that. I got to sleep at night. I'm not trying to, to, to pressure people and trap people like that. No, no, no. I'm going to preach the word because the word will say, what, what did you do? And listen, you know it. I don't have to tell you what you did. You know, you was there. You got to play like a skip on a record in your mind right now. I don't have to tell you. It's not my job. It's not my job to convict you. It's my job to convert you. I'm, I'm not here to convict. I'm here to convert. I'm not here to point out your mess and make you stand up and apologize to the whole church. That's crazy talk. That's some old church stuff that we used to do a long, long time ago that was probably not wise. Probably not wise. It was a misuse of the scripture. We, some people read some scriptures and they, and they took it and they got a little crazy with it. And they tried to hurt people's feelings to point people out. But you don't need me to come up here and tell you what you did. You knew what you did. When you did it, you still know what you did. You don't need, your conscience will tell you that, who, who told you you was naked? We, we ate the fruit, Lord. <laughs> we ate the fruit. We ate the fruit. He said, Lord, I heard the voice in the garden because I'm naked and I hid myself. He said, who told thee that I was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee? You should not eat. This is the only, the only way you would know this is if you did what I told you not to do. The only way you can know. That, and, 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 and watch the man, old dirty, rotten scoundrel. Watch what he did. The man said, the woman that thou gavest me, she gave me of the tree and I ate it. I mean, I'm not going to point no elbows, but uh, blew her spot up. The Lord said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? What did you do? And the woman said, the serpent. <laughs> boink, 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 boink. We're playing past the book. And we ain't but three chapters into the Bible. He did. The serpent beguiled me and I did eat. Okay, so the Lord backs it up. He says, okay, I'm going to talk to you first then, serpent. Serpent, because you did this, you're cursed. Because you let the enemy use you. I'm cursing you. And you shall go on your belly. And I'm going to put something between. I'm going to put strife between you and the woman. I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman. And between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel." That was a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ to come. Yeah. To the woman I say, I, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception in sorrow. Thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband. He shall rule over thee. Adam said, because thou hast, and, and under Adam he said, Adam, I'm going to talk to you last. You was the first one to mess up, but I'm talking to you last. The last shall be first, and the first shall be last. And he said unto Adam, because thou hearken, hast hearkened to the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Curse is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth. You're going to struggle. You're going to plow. And then even you had dominion and now I put you under. And I give everything else dominion over you. 
Adam called his wife Eve because she was the mother of all living. Just, just a little twist of the word changed the whole destiny of time. The enemy is attacking the word because he knows if I can mess with the word, I got you. That's why it's my job as the pastor of this church to get you to open your Bible. Read your word. Do not take my word for it. Go home, open your Bible, study it from beginning to end. And listen, I know I'm, I'm talking about questions tonight, but listen, questions are good in the right perspective, in the right timing. Questions are good. You, if you read this Bible and the Bible raises a question, here's the answer. Keep reading the Bible. Because if it raises a question, the, the answer is in there. It has an answer key. And if you're reading it and you're still confused, I would say, have you been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost? Because it is the Spirit that leads you into all truths. So there's an illumination and revelation in the holy place, the, the, the table of showbread and the candlesticks. There's an illumination of the Word in that place. Have you received it since you believe? We haven't even heard of the Holy Ghost. How was you baptized? Acts 19. Just a twist of the word. Here, here we go. Here we go. The, the next thing that we read in, the, in, in, in your Bible, this is, this is all happening in Genesis 3, and I'm almost done tonight. I'm, just, I'm, I'm drawing a parallel for you. I'm, 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 I'm trying to make this connect to you because I, I, I'm trying to point out something to you, that this has been the singular attack of the enemy from day one. From day one, there's a plan in his mind. He's working it today in 2021, but he was working it in Genesis 3 and Genesis 4. Watch Genesis 4. Adam knew his wife. She conceived, bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare, bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Let me just stop here for just a second. I want to just help some, just, just I, I, you know, I, I know where I'm at. Listen, Genesis chapter 4 and verse 1 is proof that Cain is not serpent seed. Now, for some of y'all, you're like, what are you talking about? But there's a few in you in the room. Genesis 4, verse 1, Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain. All right? There's a whole religion out there that believes that Cain was the son of Satan, serpent seed. You ever heard that kind of religion, serpent seed? Genesis 4, verse 1, knocks it off the block. It ain't even the thing. Adam knew his wife, she conceived, bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she bare again his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought forth the fruit of the ground as an offering to the Lord. Somebody say he worshiped. He did. He brought, the fruit, he brought it to the Lord, and, and, and in the process of time, he brought forth the fruit of the ground. And Abel, he also brought the first thing of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And I, we could teach a whole lesson about why the one was accepted and one was not. Both of them were offering, both of them were worshiping. One was accepted, one was not. We can have a, I'm not trying to get there. But Cain and his offering, he did not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, why are you mad? And why, and why you got that look on your face? Why are you looking like that? What's wrong with you? He said, if you do well, 
shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall it be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with, his, with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass that when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, where, where is Abel, thy brother? And he said, no, he said, I know not. Here is the first question in your Bible that man asked God. This is the first time in your Bible that you will see a question mark in your Bible where it is that a man talking to God and asking God a question from Cain. Here's what, here's what Cain says. It's a question from Satan to his mama. It's a question from Cain to God. Am I my brother's keeper? Two things. The word and love your neighbor like you love yourself. Two things. From the very beginning of time, the enemy knew if I can mess with the word, I can make them hate each other. Yeah. Am I my brother's keeper? First time that man asked God a question, his question was, am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what hast thou done the voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground and now art thou cursed from the earth there is a plan in place that the enemy has strategically designed for the world that is to pervert God's word and keep us killing each other in the field because the two greatest commandments are love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, and love thy neighbor as you love yourself. There are a lot of extenuating extensions of this. Absolutely. We could talk about baptism. We could talk about Holy Ghost and filling. We could talk about holy living. There's, there's a lot of extensions of this. Absolutely. I believe there's more teaching that needs to be done. We all need to grow. There's more word. Uh, that we need to get involved in. There's more essentials that we need. There's, there's maturity, spiritual growth, spiritual maturity. There's, I mean, we could talk about end time revival. We could talk about Mark of the Beast. We could talk about, uh, you know, the dragons and the, and the lion with seven heads. We could do, there's, we could, there, there's so much we could talk about. But here's what I believe in 2021, in this moment right here, is that if we don't get these two things right, who, who cares what else we get right? Be, you know, and maybe, maybe, and I will say this, and I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I'll be transparent with you. I, I've been in this for a long time. And maybe it is a spirit that I have inside of me that I'm a little bit jaded because I've watched the church metamorphosize into all kinds of things over the years. I've watched us hate this, but now we love it. I've watched us love this, but now we hate it. I've watched us be on this side, and then I've watched us pack up and everybody move on this side. I've watched the whole church shift and change to be powerful or political or have some kind of sway. I've, I've watched us do things randomly just to keep power over people, and I've watched us do things randomly just to watch everybody walk away. I've seen good. I've seen bad. I, they're, they're, the, the only thing that is consistent through the church is that we are flesh. From the top to the bottom, we are just men, and we all make mistakes, and we all see things differently, and, 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 and I've 
walked this thing from beginning to end. I've been on both sides of it. I've sat at dinner with people that don't believe fat meat is greasy. And I've sat, at, I've sat at tables with people that believe wearing red socks will put you dead in the pit. Right next to Satan himself. For true. That's not a, I'm not being exaggerative at all when I say that. That is the exact truth. I have walked in those two worlds. I've seen it all from both sides. I'd rather be biblical than anything. Because when we get biblical, all of that seems to fade away. We say, you know what, I'm not trying to be this, I'm not trying to be that, I'm trying to be what the Bible says. And here's what I know, the Bible will make it tight for you, but you got to believe the word. There's things that I need to teach, there's things that I need to say in this church, there's, there's, there's issues I need to bring up, but I can't bring those things up if you're not solid in the word of God. I can't, because all I'm going to do is offend you. You'll be offended. You'll leave offended. I can't believe you think. I can't believe you say that. You leave hurt. You leave, oh my God, I can't believe that man with man of God said that. But you need to know that I'm not trying to control anybody. I'm trying to make us biblical. You know, and you can do it or not do it. You can live it or not live it. That's not up to me. My, my job is to show it to you, to be the revelator. I'm John the revelator. What did John the revelator? I just speak the revelation. I speak the word of God. I want you to see it in a different light. I want you to understand it. I struggled to understand God's word as a child and as a young teenager. I struggled to understand it. So when I decided I was going to live for God, I decided, you know what? I'm going to understand the word and try to teach it and preach it in such a way that anybody sitting in the pew could understand it. Because I grew up in a time where you just it was just all scripture and all concordance. And if you got it, you got it. And if you didn't, you did it. Some of y'all remember them kind of days when it was just straight word, straight word, straight word, straight word, straight word. God bless you, you're just missing Jesus' name. You're just like, what? What are you, what are you trying to tell me? I don't, I don't, I'm not mad at those days because those days grew me. But I had to be an adult before I could bring it all together and say, hey, this is what this is meaning. This is what we're trying to do here. This is what, where God wants his glory to be. And I know that these two things, these two things, if you can believe the word with me, then there is no avenue I can go as a pastor that you'll say, I, I think that pastor's off. Because you know I'm not preaching tradition of men. And I'm preaching the word of God. And you will love me enough to let me pastor you. I can only minister to you at the level of respect you have for me. That's all I can do. I mean, I can't do no more than that. And so, my job is to get us to understand the word of God, to love truth and sell it not, buy it and sell it not. Amen. And also love one another so much that you can have mercy and grace for me and I can have mercy and grace for you. And if I see you slipping, I'm not going to run around and talk to 17 people about it. I'm going to go to you and I'm going to love on you and I'm going to say, hey, sister, come on, let's get better. Come on, brother, come on, let's get better. I'm not going to backbite. I'm not going to trash talk. I'm not going to start rumors. Why? Because I, I love God and I love people, and that is not cliche. <laughs> it's not cliche. It is the word of God. I'm so tired of people, when people say stuff like, well, you know, that's just that easy talk. No, that's the hardest talk in the Bible. Love God, love people, that's easy talk. That's the, that's the hardest thing in the Bible to do. What are you talking about? That's not easy talk. That's tough talk. That's straight talk. Because if I love God enough, I won't do stupid stuff. And if I love you enough, I won't harm you with words from my mouth, but I'll pray for you, and, I, and I'll talk to you. And if you offend me, I'll love you enough to go tell you you offended me and not 25 of my friends. 
If you hurt my feelings, I'll go to you eyeball to eyeball. Won't put, put it on Facebook. I'll go to you eyeball to eyeball and say, hey, man, look, you, man, you shouldn't have done that. Hey, girl, hey, girl, you know, you offended me when you said this. It kind of hurt me a little bit, and I would I, I really like you not to do that again because I love you like that. I'm not trying to be fancy. I'm trying to be biblical. And you know what? The enemy would hate a church like that, that would know who their God is, know what word they stand on, and would join each other hand in hand and say, I will not let you fall. You may get tired, but I won't let you fall. You may slip, but I won't let you fall. You may get weak, but I won't let you fall. You may mess up, but I won't let you fall. I'm going to hold you up, and I'll come again, again, and again, and again. I was telling a, a group of young ministers, and I'm, I'm, I'm done. I was telling a group of young ministers last week, sitting at a dinner table, talking to some, some young ministers. And they have a lot of questions. And these are, these are, great, these are great people. Don't, when I say they have questions, don't, don't be confused that they're, they're amazing. But there's just a ton of questions. They're getting to the age now that they're getting to see it. They're getting to see it firsthand. They're, they're going to meetings now. They're going to votes. And they're, they're seeing it. They're seeing the... Everybody's, you know, politicking, they're all strife, works of the flesh, Galatians 5. You know, they're seeing it, and they're like, man, why, why, what, 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 this, what, what, that, you know, like, come on, dang, man, are, are, is this really what we're doing? And I'm like, look, guys, everybody's flesh, you know, we're all flesh, just, just hang out, don't, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, and sometimes, we, you know, we haven't been told why, but just because you hadn't been told why doesn't make the what of, of no effect. It's a good what. We just got to get better at saying why. That makes sense? A lot of people are like, well, I don't know why. Well, we just got to get better at that. Got to get better at saying why. And I was telling these, these young ministers, I said, I was at a church uh, between here and the North South Pole. And uh, it was a Sunday afternoon. We were eating dinner uh, with this, with this uh, um, I can't remember if my wife was there or not. I don't remember. But we're, we're eating lunch. And the pastor's wife says, did you see so-and-so come down to the altar again? And her husband said, I sure did. And she said, I'm not praying for her no more. And uh, I, got, <clears throat> I got food stuck in my, in my gizzard. I was like, what? I mean, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I was an evangelist. I don't know I've been evangelizing very long. And uh, she said, I'm not praying for her no more. That, that girl knows what she needs to be doing and how she needs to be doing it. And every stinking Sunday, here she come up here crying, boo-hooing over the same old stuff. I'm not, I'm, not doing, I'm, not, I'm not laying hands on her. I'm not touching her no more. I'm going to tell her she can't come. Until you get right, don't come back up to this altar. I said, uh, said y'all need a vacation. Y'all need a vacation. Y'all, uh. That, that was hard to hear. I said, man. And, and I, 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 wanted, I wanted to say, I rebuke thee in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I calmed my little, my, my little evangelist self down, like, shut your mouth. You're going to get in trouble. Um, calm down. I do have a filter every once in a while. And I calmed myself down. And I said, <clears throat> I said, man. I said, how long has she been coming to y'all's church? This, this lady, I said her name. I said, how long has so-and-so been coming to y'all's church? They're like, oh, I don't know, three or four years now, and she's just a mess, and blah, blah, blah. We, she know what to do. She know how to get right, but, you know, as if 
people who can't get right just, you know, can just magically get right. Um, and I, I said, um, I said, has she ever busted into flames in the altar? And he said, what are you talking about? I said, like when she came to the altar and was doing all that crying, did, did God just consume her with fire? No. I said, well, look, as long as God keeps letting her come, you ought to keep letting her come. Like when God stops her, that, that's the time. But until God stops her, baby, come every Sunday. If, 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 you, if you can't help it, live like a devil Monday through Saturday, but don't you miss Sunday church. Be, be, be in the altar, baby. Be in the altar. Because if you stop coming, he wins. But there ain't no telling what God could do in a, in, in a survey. There ain't no telling what God could do. One altar call, one, one prayer. One, I ain't no telling. God could get a hold of her heart and, and she'd be the greatest evangelist the world has ever seen in one moment. And who am I and who are you? It's like you, you're loving God so much, but you forgot how to love people because you really don't love God. You're just a servant and not a son. And you're just functioning as a CEO of a business. I didn't say all that at the table. But I wanted to. I was kind and cordial, and, and my, my statements had a little bit of comedy in them to help ease the blow. But they understood what I was saying. Because if I love God enough, I'll let God be God, and I won't try to step into his lane. That's hard to do sometimes as a pastor. But I'll let God be God. I won't try to step into his world and do his job for him. But I'll also love you enough to let you come as long as you want to, as messed up as you are, straight to the throne room, and I'll be waving the flag in you in here, helping you park. And be, be, because I love God and I love people. Now, the enemy can't deal with a church like that. He has no end. Because if he can't mess with our word and he can't mess with our connection, he can't get in. Listen, we've been preaching this so long. Look, I, I, I look around the room. I got white hair sitting in the room. I got no hair sitting in the room. There's, there's some brothers and sisters in this. They, they tell you, listen, preacher's been preaching this for, forever. Brother Shorter, you can amen me. Brother, Brother Eberhardt, you can amen me. The preacher's been preaching this kind of stuff forever. We need to get together. We need to love God. We need to be more, more unity. But, but, but we, we've struggled for so long to see it because it sounds cliche, but it's real. It's Bible. You can't go wrong with Bible. If it's, if it's in the Word, then it's got to be true, right? And so the Word... We have to wrap our minds around the word, get deeper in the word, learn the word, keep reading the word, read the word every day. Let it be balm unto your soul. Let it be one of the first things you do in the morning. Let it be one of the last things you do at night. And love people. And, and say, Lord, help me love people. Because some of us, it doesn't come natural. I get that. For some of us, it doesn't come natural. We don't even like people. I get that. I understand that. There's a personality trait. And, and we can't just ask God to make us a banana tree overnight if we've been raised our whole life to be an apple tree. I get that. I understand that. But God can help you do things that you can't normally do. Say, Lord, I struggle to really love on people. Help me, Lord. And, and, and if you ask God to do something that his word has already asked you to do, he'll help you. Now, if you ask God to help you do something that he don't want you to do, he probably ain't going to help you. But if you say, Lord, you said to love people, and I struggle with that. So can you help me do what you already asked me to do?
God say, absolutely. If you're asking me to help you get more in my will, I'll assist you in every way possible. But it's got to be your desire from your heart. And you know what God will do? He won't, he won't miraculously give you special powers to love people. He'll just put a bunch of crazy people in your way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll just feel you. You'll be like, how in the world did all these people start asking me all these questions? This guy needs help. This girl over here is crazy. Hey, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, I get what you're doing, Lord. Sneaky. That's what happens when you say, Lord, give me patience. And your house burns down and your car don't work no more and your dog runs away and you. That's just wishful thinking on my part about the dog. But listen. <laughs> I want us to walk in biblical truth. I don't want us to walk in tradition. I don't want us to walk in religion. I don't want us to walk in denomination. I want us to walk in biblical truth. Because my perspective is if we walk in biblical truth, we're walking all those things. We'll be apostolic. We'll be Pentecostal. We'll be biblical. We'll, we'll be true Christians, like legit Christians, not not the WWJD wristband kind of people, but like the real, if you got one of those, thank you for having it. I'm just saying, you know those kind of people that they have a wristband and they think they're, just, they're getting into heaven now because they got a wristband and a bumper sticker. Like, yeah, I got a fish on the back of my car. I let people know. Okay. Welcome to the family, brother. But I'm talking about like real, every day, we love on people. We pray with people in Burger King. You know, we, we give money to people that can't give anything to us. And we don't post about it on Facebook. We just give to people. We keep it to ourselves. We just love on people. Man, I want to help you. I want to do what I can. I want to be here for you the best I can be because I love people. And I got to give to people who can't give back to me, who can't be, you know, who can't somehow provide me with something for it. But only God can do that. Because what I do in private, he will reward me in public for it. I'm just saying, Lord, I want to love people more. Give me the opportunity to love people more. He'll put more people in your way who need more love. If he puts people who are easy to love in your way, he ain't helping you. He puts people who are hard to love in your way. And it works those muscles out. It's more, it's more strenuous. It gets us stronger. Would you stand with me tonight? Here's what I want us to do tonight before we go. Thank you for listening to me ramble on for so long. I hope that what I'm saying, what I've said over the last, I don't know, three or four Wednesday nights in a row have helped you. i kind of been on the same theme. But I like redundancies, and you know that. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to drive it home. I want to drive it home. I, I want you to go home and not be able to get away from it. I want you to not be able to get away from it. I just want you to, God, I need to get in that word. I need to learn more. And let this, let this word change me. Let this word influence me. Let me be influenced by this. And Lord, help me to, to love deeper, extend more mercy, extend more grace, and, and walk in truth. I want to walk in truth. I want to, if, if, if the enemy spent the first part of the Bible attacking those two things, God's word and brothers, then those are the two things that I should really be worried about, God's word and my brother's. Amen. And, and, and I love God's word, and I love truth, and I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I want us to walk in that as a church, as a church, walk in that as a church.
Would you help me pray before we leave tonight? God, I thank you for your word tonight. It's so true. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.